Hello and welcome to the Bad Fan Podcast. I am your host, Cole Carter, and we are so glad that you have tuned in with us today for a special episode. If you're listening along on Spotify, then a big welcome to you. We're glad to have you on. And if you're following us on YouTube on video, then I hope you leave a like if you find today's episode to be a good one. Um, If you're new to the podcast, then we would encourage you to subscribe as well. Make sure to hit the bell. That way you never miss a notification from the Bad bad Fan when we post. Um, But as always, I cannot do this thing alone. Let's bring in the guys I have with me today, your friends and mine, Brandon Pacenick and Stephen Curl. Gentlemen, we're talking about baseball today. How excited are you guys about baseball season being back? I'm ready for it. Um, Coming off of a great season last year. Um, Baseball is just filled with drama a lot. You know, it's... It's great, and um, I'm excited for it, really. I know Steve's more excited, I think. (laughs) I'm really excited. Um, I only had to sacrifice Freddie Freeman and Matt Ryan for a World Series, so I'll do anything for (laughs) another one. Uh, But, no, I'm very excited to see. uh, Hopefully the Braves go back-to-back, but also new faces in the majors, seeing Ronald Acuna hit dingers again, and uh, just making it over to Cobb County to to watch my Braves. Our favorite baseball team in the land. Not in the city, though. They're not in the city of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. They're the Cobb County Braves. Never forget that. Um, but we're so glad yeah. to have baseball back in our lives. We talked so long ago just about the prospect of maybe not even having a baseball season for a couple of months, maybe until June, July. We had no idea, but the lockout ended uh, close to two, three weeks ago. And look at us now doing a full MLB season preview. That's what you've tuned in for today. And we're going to be breaking down the things that you need to be looking out for, breaking down some teams, some players, some you know results from last season. That how will that translate into 2022? And ultimately, we'll give our World Series predictions. And uh, we're hoping that you guys find it informational and entertaining. Our opinions as bad fans will it align with yours? We hope not because we want to be different. But <laughs> we are going to try to dive into some of the details, like the CBA agreement. Um, all that together. So that's where we'll start. Uh, we'll start right there. Let's dive into the CBA, um, some of the big details from it. Steven, I'm going to let you dive in first. Give us a little bit of a rundown from what happened in this big lockout, the agreement that was um, come to. What's it all about? How can you explain this to all of our bad fan listeners and watchers today? Yeah, so basically um, lockout happened basically because rules were not set um, for – this MLB season coming up and the, the players union and the owners uh, couldn't agree on a lot of certain things. So a couple takeaways from this new CBA that was agreed upon. It's going to last for five years. Um, and a lot of things have been floated around of bigger bases, you know, robo umps, all that stuff. We're not going to talk about that necessarily right now. Um, something that is going to, that, is going on this season is what we're going to talk about is the universal DH. Um, the national league will be having a DH, which means a person that's paid to hit baseballs will mm-hmm. hit in place. of the pitcher of the national league, um, get more long balls, more entertainment factor. Um, postseason will be expanded, um, to 12 teams, which is two more than previous years. And so that will look like one team from each American league and the national league coming in, in a wild card spot. The top two division 
winners in each respective league that have the best record will get buys in the first round of the playoffs. Um, and the third division leader will play a wildcard wild team, and it will be a series of three, while the other two wildcard teams also go at it as well, doing away with the winner-go-home um, wildcard game that the Braves found themselves in when they beat Trevor Bauer against the Reds a little while ago. But anyways. Um, that game another, went to like 13 innings. It was a shutout for both teams for like 13 innings. That was incredible. Yeah, it was it was absolutely insane. Um, and again, there's the CBA is very long and lengthy. And I'm not going to go over the not fun parts. <laughs> a couple of things that I do like about this is might seem a little small is that we're going to have an international draft. Um, which is really exciting. Um, typically, it was a domestic draft, your college players and stuff like that. And then you would have an international um, signing period, um, which you might hear the Braves sign somebody from you know, Venezuela, and John Capuela isn't giving them money under the table, and he's not going to. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, so it's going to be a bigger production of international player draft, which I'm really excited about to give more notoriety, more kind of spotlight on the international players that are coming in to the game. Um, trying to think. There's also going to be a draft lottery, um, which is going to be implemented in 2023. So all non-playoff teams will be entering in for a lottery uh, for a first-round pick, um, trying to maybe negate the the tanking methods that we've seen um, of just losing over 100 games um, because you're going to get the number one pick. So right. a, a big thing with this CBA, and I'm going to stop talking here in just a little bit, is a lot of it, you can see the theme throughout it, is uh, to incentivize teams to put their best players out on the field, to play for something, uh, which is a big deal. Um to some of these smaller market teams um, or even bigger market teams like Baltimore, that's just not paying their players. They still want to try to go out there and win as many games as possible. Um, it's in their best interest, which hasn't always been in their best interest. Um, but the one more thing I want to hit on too is um, there's also going to be a limit on the amount of times you can option a player to the minor leagues and recall them to the major leagues. So brief little thing on this would be, let's say roster is 25 men um, and you find yourself kind of in that 27th guy um, and you kind of going up and down, up and down. It's meant to protect the players of kind of respecting the players a little bit more of not calling somebody up from the minor leagues to come play for the Braves for 30 minutes and then send them back down and do it to that, do that to him and his family for 15 more times throughout the season. There wasn't really a limit. Um, so there's a five uh, transaction limit on that, which is also a fun little thing uh, there. But yeah, I'll pass it off back to you, Cole, just with your takes on the CBA, Brandon as well. And there's a lot of stuff that I didn't cover, but those are my main takes of uh, things that I found interesting in the CBA this year. That's great. Thank you for that rundown. Thanks for kind of giving that explainer for everyone that maybe didn't know. Brandon, I'm going to shoot a question to you. Hmm. We're talking about the universal DH finally being implemented. Truly, we had it in the 2020 season due to COVID, shortened season, lots of wonky things were happening. But in particular, the National League finally gets that designated hitter. What's a team that you think about that immediately benefits from having the designated hitter all 162 games and playoffs included? Um, other than the Dodgers? <laughs> hey, you say it man it's up to you so they can play max muncie and freddie freeman um i mean the rich get richer i think in this sense but 
I think every team can benefit, you know, whether that's bringing up a prospect who's hot in the minor leagues, Hey, throw him in at DH doesn't really have to play in the field. Just can get the eye for an MLB pitcher. Maybe. Um, yeah, it just opens it up for, for a lot of options. Um, but yeah, I think the opportunity to play Max Muncie or whoever in that lineup, you know, I think the Dodgers obviously probably benefit. I don't know about the most, but they'll be the most dangerous, I think, throughout the season. I think from a sentimental standpoint, I think the St. Louis Cardinals obviously won the offseason, bringing home Albert Pujols. Oh, yeah. He's certainly not the most productive player that he was, especially what, nine years ago now since he left St. Louis for the LA Angels. But bringing him home gives him the chance to, I think, get his home run total. Is it to 700, Stephen? Will that be close to where it is? I think he might be up to 700-ish. Sounds about right. I don't know for sure. But anyways, bringing him home to St. Louis will be great. Obviously, in Atlanta, we had the whole Marcelo Zuna incident. I mean, last year we were thinking, oh, no, if he wasn't, one, in legal trouble and also hadn't broken his hand, you know, what were we going to do with him platooning him in left field with that arm that legitimately like might be worse than Johnny Damon's arm. If you remember Johnny Damon, that man could not might be worse than mine. Life. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good for the Braves to have that extra weapon. And especially with Ronald Acuna coming back from his torn ACL, the Braves can ease him back into the lineup through that DH position. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they do that. Does that mean they sacrifice Ozuna a couple nights? you know, having him just not be in the lineup or do they throw him in the outfield. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. But obviously, like you said, the rich get richer. I mean, the teams like the Dodgers are just going to benefit the most, um, especially, you know, the big signing with Freddie Freeman. If he can extend himself, you know, in a healthy way through the rest of his career, the DH position will be a great way to soften the blow as he only gets older. Um, Brandon, what else was something that stuck out to you from the new CBA that would be worth mentioning that Steven threw out for everyone to see? Um, maybe the, the prospects who finish first or second in their rookie of the year voting will receive a full year of service time. I'll let mm -hmm. Steve explain it better, but I think that'll, that'll benefit, um, I guess, the value of rookie of the year and... I don't know. I was just really excited about the universal DH. I, I was tired of watching pitchers hit, to be honest. Um, yeah. Yeah. So more on that rookie of the year thing. It's kind of like when the Braves had Ronald Acuna, um, you know, he, he won rookie of the year. Am I, am I tripping? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but he won rookie of the year. Um, although he didn't get his full year of eligibility. So we waited, we didn't let him break camp with the Atlanta Braves to gain control over him, his contract, not having to pay him a lot. So the way it works is if you have a full service year in the MLB, you kind of lose your rookie status and teams got to pay you more. So a lot of times you'll see these teams with top prospects um, going into the year, they'll let them go back down to the minor leagues so they don't have to pay them, um, basically. And so this is kind of like your... Um, kind of like you bet on yourself kind of deal, um, but for rookies. Um, when you look at the previous rookies that have been coming up into the league, like, I mean, I guess Otani was technically a rookie, but uh, but no, like Vladimir Guerrero um, coming in right away and just setting the league on fire. Excuse me. Whew. <laughs> 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 Allergies, baby. Um, Excuse you on Spotify, everybody. I know, right? Um. I can't talk right now. I'm going to have to defer to you, buddy. <laughs> okay, I got you. I got you. Take a second. I'm going to mute you. You can take a second. Um, yes. So I think 
a slight couple of things. Um, yeah, little things like a bigger base path or bigger um, bases, like little silly things. Um, but yeah, having that incentive to win rookie of the year, having that incentive to perform well that first year, um, not being not abusive, but taking advantage of these young guys who, you know, honestly, they're just trying to make some money. They're trying to make their way into the major leagues, taking advantage of them when they're just trying to break into the league. You know, I remember Ronald Cunha, like Stephen was saying, he came up in like May after that service time threshold had been met. So then Brady's like, okay, now we'll bring you up, gaining control another year. So I like that. That makes sense. Um, it's a healthy thing for the teams to, or the, for the players really, uh, for the teams to not take advantage of anymore. Um, but yeah, some some good implementations from the CBA. Um, the Rule 5 draft is an interesting one, I guess. Um, I think that's been something that a lot of players have actually benefited from potentially. Um, but maybe that's something I'm not seeing as much to why they would have wanted it. But yeah, pitch clock next year. We'll see that. I think that'll be good for the average fantasy. We're not really worried about that quite yet, but that'll be a big one that we'll talk about next year when that's finally implemented. Um, but yeah, the CBA, I'm glad it got done, um, but we do want to move on. We've had a lot of talk about things that people probably don't care as much about. Um, <laughs> but when that CBA was finally agreed upon, that allowed free agency to open. And we've covered a lot of these <clears> things <throat> briefly, just talking about them in headlines, but we do want to kind of rank and talk about the biggest off-season signings, uh, the biggest moves from free agency. I think immediately some people will have some names that pop into their head, but I think the one that happened before the deadline of the lockout was Corey Seager. And I actually got this wrong in one of the first couple of podcasts we did. I said he went to Seattle. That was not the case. His brother retired from Seattle. He actually went to the Texas Rangers on a 10-year, $325 million deal. That is insane. Uh, I mean, just right off the bat, I just want to attack this and just say, Stephen, is that just too much money for one guy, especially a shortstop? Um, no, I don't think so. Uh, Corey Seager is because you break it down. I mean, he's getting like thirty million a year, and he's still really young. Um, and again, we talked about DHs, right? He's in the American League now. It doesn't really matter. You do nationally too. Um, you know. And you see guys, maybe like Alex Rodriguez that started off on this huge money shortstop for the Rangers. Um, but um, it ends up, you know, falling in that DH role. So, I mean, the guy can hit baseballs. And it's a huge statement to the Rangers fans to sign him for 10 years, $325 million, as well as Marcus Simeon for seven yeah. years, $175 million. That's, out, that's outrageous. That's a left side of the infield that's going to be very good for a very long time. But initial reaction, collected the bag, was worth the money. So good for him. Yeah, and I think Simeon as well, if I remember correctly, I don't think he had a great, is it a 2019 or 2020? But in 2021, he just tore it up, up in Toronto. So good for him. Uh, obviously good for him and Corey to get the bag in Texas. Does this make Texas contenders? Or are they still pretenders, do you think, Steve? They're still pretenders, but they're not far off. Um, these moves are, you know, it's that combination of we want to put something out on the field, right? And so, I mean, they're still going to be a really good team. Um, and who knows? With this expanded playoff, they might sneak in. You never really know. But I don't think they have enough depth, Um throughout their lineup and their their pitching mainly is is the thing that's just going to be 
atrocious. Um, but they're building for the future, so it's encouraging. If you're a Rangers fan, you're ecstatic. You get to see Corey Seager um, and Marcus Simeon, um, kind of one of those guys that's really flown under the radar his entire career um, throughout Oakland and over in Toronto. And he's a good hitter, but um, mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see him in a lineup that's getting better. So, you know, I think they're maybe not pretenders, but they're – they're on their way. They're on their way. They're doing all the right things, and um, they're locking up the future. Do you, yeah. do you think they'll finish last in the division again? Um, it's a really tough division. I was just looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think the the Mariners are looking to make the playoffs again, or they didn't make it. They didn't make it no, last they, year. They, they have not made the playoffs like since twenty years. Right. They're yeah. looking to make it this year. They're knocking on the door. Um, the Astros are obviously top five team. In baseball, maybe. Um, so I, they they only won sixty games last year. So I uh, I think they'll do a lot better than that. But yeah, I think I think the games. the cellar dwellers are going to belong to the Oakland Athletics. Um, mm. Trading away Matt Chapman, Matt yes. Olson, Sean Manea. They just Mark Canna sellers. Mark Canna to the New York Mets. They yeah. sold anybody that was listening. Um, walking past <laughs> them, basically. Billy um, Bean making moves. It's they have the exact same payroll. I believe I saw a tweet um, the other day mm-hmm. of um, back in like the eighties or something. Right now or something. Yeah, stupid. it hasn't changed for like twenty years. I, I saw that too. Yeah, but I would say I would say the Rangers. I I think Astros. Astros still probably in the number one spot, maybe uh, or maybe fighting with the Mariners. So then the Rangers kind of floating between that, maybe third spot, maybe fourth spot. Um, but the Angels, you know, the Angels that freaking tale of woe um but you know who knows uh but i think they're i think they'll float around kind of in that third or fourth spot this year brandon we've been looking at this free agent list the big uh, off-season signings what's uh what's one that sticks out to you that I think was obviously a great signing or maybe one that was maybe they paid too much what's just a sign that sticks out for you um man i think castellanos to the phillies um, I think the Phillies came in second last year behind the Braves. Um, the Phillies have been spending money like crazy the past couple seasons. Um, and do they need it in offense? I, I feel like they might need it on the pitching side of things. Um, but who knows? I don't run an MLB team. Uh, but that, I mean, that's a really big signing for them. You know, maybe shares up a position um, and the guy can hit. So a uh, big deal for him. Um if you're a Phillies fan, you're probably pretty excited to have him in. Um, and with that expanded playoff, especially, um, you're probably going to make it. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. But also then you have the Mets, Max Scherzer signing with the Mets for three years, 130 million. Um, <laughs> their starting rotation. Again, it's all about healthiness, right? They're, they, their starting rotation can never stay healthy. Um, uh, but, to mention that Degrom um, and Scherzer are questionable in this opening really? series as well. Oh my god, that's, that's I mean that's just classic, right? That's just the classic Mets. So I think that's a big deal, though. Um, I think he was one of the head guys leading up the CBA talks too, which is sort of funny. <laughs> think of a crazy Max Scherzer in a in a boardroom meeting. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't imagine that. But um, yeah, those two stand out to me. And then obviously Freddie Freeman, rest in peace. But. Steven, what's a signing you think just kind of went to waste? A player maybe going to a place that's not going to contend or like what was a move that was just pretty much the mm. guy got the bag and he didn't really go to a winner? 
Um, I'll say Marcus Stroman um, going to the Cubs, leaving the New York Mets. Um, Mets fans were pissed about it when he left. Um, there's there's a certain draw to Wrigley, you know, and the culture there. It's kind of like wacky, fun baseball town, right? Um, <laughs> but David Ross is the manager, you know, or it was Joe Madden before. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Cubs aren't going to contend this year. Um, they're going to be a bad team. And so that's kind of one of those things that Stroman went out and got a better contract. I don't remember his specifics off the top of my head. But um, yeah, that's one of those where it didn't really make a ton of sense to me because Stroman's not young. Um, but he had a part to be a part of this crazy Mets team. But, you know, he wanted the bigger contract. So that's that's the one that sticks out to me. I think the one that sticks out on a positive note for me is Trevor Story making the move from Colorado to the Boston Red Sox. Um, Boston, that AL East division is a very good division. You have the Orioles. They've been very unfortunate the past couple of years to not even be close to competing. I'm sure they're still paying Chris Davis. I'm sure they are, <laughs> that that man. But I think, uh, I think Trevor Story is going to really bolster that uh, Boston lineup. Um, I think him and Rafael Devers, is that correct? Yes. Um, they'll have some big pop from those two bats just alone. Um, but on the other side of it, the guy who's sort of replacing him in a bit is Chris Bryant. Um, him making the move to Denver mm. and Colorado. I mean, it's a good move for the Rockies. That was your softball to me, and I went with a different answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he went to the Rockies, which is great for them. But I don't think we should be expecting the Rockies in that NL West division to really compete this year, barring any big moves at the deadline or something that they can come up with. Um, so he got seven years, $182 million. That's great for him, but it might kind of be a questionable decision for him. I love the Rockies. I My dad loves the Rockies. I have some friends that love the Colorado Rockies, but um, I don't think him being in purple this year is going to help propel them to anything closer than a World Series title. So maybe not the one. Uh, I think one that people are looking at, it's not even for this offseason, despite him signing this offseason, is Carlos Correa. Him leaving the Houston Astros to go to the Minnesota Twins. Uh, that shortstop position is going to be on the mark, a hot commodity next offseason. So people are talking more about his option to leave next season than they are about him even being in Minnesota this year. Uh, guys, do we really think he's putting down roots in Minnesota or do we think he's, you know, just giving a shot for one year and going to get out of there next season? Mm, not by the looks of his contract. He's, he's not putting any anchors down. Um, I don't, I, it, I would just say no. I mean, if you just look at the contract, you have an option after every year, a player option. It just, yeah, that looks like a guy that didn't make as much money as he was wanting to and is hoping to make it, next offseason <laughs> to me i don't yeah. know yeah i mean i think it's a i think it's a good sign though for the twins honestly it's kind of um if you can get correa but you have to give them an extremely player-friendly contract i mean but again you're getting correa <laughs> <laughs> in a lineup with byron buxton and Polaco and the rest of those guys i bad. mean you know maybe make it happen you traded for gary sanchez you know <laughs> but yeah, it's, I don't think he's staying, um, all those opt outs, but might as well give it a shot. He'll hit a lot of home runs for sure. Yeah. Um, I think we'll cover one big last play unless y'all have a couple more, but Steven, uh, I don't know if you were on the podcast to talk about it when we did or not, but break down that Matt Olson deal for the Atlanta Braves. Um, 
how good of a move it was or maybe it wasn't the right move at the time. Uh, give us your opinions. Uh, give us the breakdown real quick. Uh, yeah, so free agency is crazy, right? Um, so losing Freddie Freeman, um, the Braves acted, and they acted fantastic. Um, you had to know that they um, were going to extend Matt Olson to a different contract uh, once we traded for him, and you give up a Christian Pache, um, which love the guy. Um, tried to then he was our, actually our starting uh, center fielder. Um, opening day I, last year. Opening day last <laughs> year. So. Needless to say, it didn't work out. Um, but yeah, I mean, you still have got guys like Drew Waters coming up in the minor leagues, and so it's not like you don't have outfield, you know, prospects. And Michael we gave Harris. up, yes, yeah, Michael Harris as well. And you give up Shane Lagar as the catching prospect, and you have catchers. And I think the Braves are kind of really stamping down that they're going to win a lot of games, um, and they're not going to let romanticizing a first baseman get in their way. Um, kind of cutthroat, kind of harsh, whatever way you want to look at it. But the eight-year, $168 million contract is amazing business by the Braves. Uh, Matt Olson is 27, I believe. Um, and he mashed more home runs last year than Freddie. Um, again, not saying he's a better player. Um, however, it's a guy that's from Georgia. The move just made way too much sense. Um, I'm ecstatic to have him on the team. Um, again, Freddie doing six years, 162. We got Olsen for eight, 168. So you don't have to be fantastic at numbers to know that just on paper, <laughs> that is a better team-friendly deal. Braves love control over their players. It's a great move by AA, um, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. don't uh, don't call up John Kissel with that opinion because he'll uh, he'll give you a earful. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I think K-Nort, we talked about him last episode. I think he has some opinions about the Braves as well. But, you know, overall... I mean, they're evil for sure. The Braves are evil. <laughs> That's another episode. There's no doubt about it. I love this team. I love this team. I even today, those gold trim jerseys came out. Your boy had to get one. I love my team. I love supporting them. But sometimes I don't always love the things that they choose to do or the design maybe of their new lovely ballpark and where it is but and that doesn't make us bad people it does not make us bad people <laughs> are we bad fans though you know i'll be Maybe. honest guys i'm gonna be honest i'm a little secret right here when all those la media people were calling the battery a sterile mall bill Pleschke. was he that wrong uh was no. He? no yeah he was wrong, wrong because but... he's from because he's from la yeah yeah that LA's, was the only uh... reason that was the only reason why he deserved criticism but to be honest it could be better, but we're not getting into that today. That's for a different episode down the line. Is my team evil? Can't wait to talk about it down the road. <laughs> Anyways, back to it. Um, it, it'll be, it will be good for the Braves, um, ultimately, um, for Matt Olson to be in the short porch in right field. He'll definitely do well. Hopefully, he'll mash more than 41 bombs in Atlanta. It'd be amazing to see him. Maybe break Andrew Jones' record, I think, of 51 home runs back in 2006. That's so like that would be cool. Um, Andrew was maybe maybe cheating i don't think so but i think the dude deserves at least a chance to be in the hall of fame um last move real quick brandon last guy i want to talk about kyle schwarber making his move to philadelphia um you were talking about the phillies earlier yeah. he's sort of that missing piece potentially to get them into that last playoff spot too you think yeah and he had a pretty good season last year he was with the red sox right yes he, the end of the he got traded from chicago i think correct yeah, I think he, or Washington, Washington, Washington. Sorry, shoot, my bad. Um, yeah, I think he had a pretty good season last year, and then he did. I mean, he's 
if he can do that for 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 the Phillies, hey man, the Braves need to watch out. Yeah, you know, I, anytime the Phillies come to town, it used to be the Nationals, but anytime I see Bryce Harper in Atlanta, I always know that man's gonna home hit run. a home run. I never boo. <laughs> every, when people boo every, every time. Every I'm like, time. Stop booing. <laughs> every time I'm at a game and Bryce Harper is there, it feels like he hits a home run every time. Yep, Just like you time. know, I'm kind of used to it. It didn't mm-hmm. matter if it was in Turner Field or Truist Park. That man always seemed to hit a home run in Atlanta. Yeah. Some other faces and new places. These aren't maybe the biggest offseason signings or moves. Um, this past week, the L.A. Dodgers traded A.J. Pollock to the Chicago White Sox for closer Craig Kimbrell. So we're kind of in a matrix moment where Kenley Jansen's in Atlanta. Craig Kimbrell is in L.A. Freddie Freeman's in L.A. Something's wrong with the world. Uh, anyways, <laughs> sort of weird. Um, the Tigers signed Michael Pineda. The Yankees traded Luke Voigt to the Padres. Uh, did the Padres move Eric Cosmer, Steve? Or are they going to kind of platoon the two, fill them in with the DH maybe? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you could either put them in interchangeably at the DH spot there. I don't know who's the better fielder off the top of my head. I'm going to say Voigt because he's younger probably. Hosmer's had those injury issues, but yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Jock Peterson, the Pearls, made their move to the Bay, uh, leaving the A to go to San Francisco with the Giants. Um, I'm sure he's happy about another chance to compete. That San Francisco Giants team was a very good team last year. Um, we'll break it down a little bit more, I think, later in our predictions, talking about everything. But, I mean, did that team overperform last season, or should we expect them to repeat and compete with that L.A. Uh, Dodgers team? They are going to win 15, 20 games less than they did last year. Because they won like 102, didn't they, last year? Yes, they lost Chris Bryant. They're losing Buster Posey. Um, Kevin Gosman. That's crazy. 107. It's just it's just not going to happen. You know, Johnny Cueto's on the team. You know, I know he's old, but he ate some in it. Like, everybody, not even, I would say, like, overperformed. Like, there's a lot of good young players coming through that system right now. But mm-hmm. to get rid of your Posey, your Bryant, it's just, they're not going to. Uh, and the NLS only got better around them and they got worse so that's just kind of how numbers work again yeah yeah that's kind of crazy uh like i said atlanta brought in kenley jansen uh zach grinke comes home to kansas city to be back with the royals uh the royals also traded pitcher mike minor formerly from atlanta to the cincinnati reds for amir garrett the guy who loves getting in fights big man loves seeing that um the athletics like we said they kind of unloaded this offseason not expecting them to be competitive since they sent him to the Toronto. Um, the Yankees signed Anthony Rizzo. The Brewers signed Andrew McCutcheon. And then the Yankees trying to find something in that AL East division. They had a sad uh, offseason. <laughs> yeah. They got Josh Donaldson. Um, they gave up Gary Sanchez and Gio Ursula. Um, they got uh, Kiner. And Falefa, I don't even know who those guys are, honestly. Kind of Falefa. Um, it's a it's a it's a both and name. It's one dude. Gotcha. He's a shortstop. Very See? good. Look how blue beside <laughs> That's how sad it is that these Yankees aren't bringing in the big names. Um, you would no. have expected them to bring in a couple of guys, and they really sat on their hands and did nothing this offseason. Yeah, I might um, eat my words here, but the Yankees fans are always known for bringing in these big uh, players, and they can't even get anybody into their stadium other than yeah. Josh Donaldson. So I think they have good pitching, though. I think maybe they're bullpen, so 
who knows? But it's just funny it's, to watch John Boy like talk about him. They're they're trying to get hype for the Yankees. It's just like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is tough. Um, let's look at some of the better rotations. Um, we'll get into kind of what happened last year in a bit. Um, but some of the better rotations. We talked about those big names moving in, but let's dissect um some teams that really have the strongest starting pitching. Um, Steven, get us started. Who's that starting rotation that if you had to face them in a five-game series or seven-game series, for that matter, you would be terrified to see? Um, I think, I mean, based off of last year, the lowest team ERA in the major leagues was the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, and, you know, they have Bueller, Kershaw. Um, they even had Scherzer on the, part of that crew last year. But I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Brewers. They had a great team ERA of 3.5, um, third best in the major leagues. And their bullpen was scary, too, with Hayter in the back as well. And it's, yeah. it, you know, they're just one of those teams that, you know, the Braves ended up taking care of um, in the playoffs, were able to jump on them. Um, but, yeah, I mean – I think right now going into this next year, it's got to be – it's just because of the fear factor. It's just because of the wow factor. Uh, I'm actually probably going to go with the New York Mets. That was a lot of external processing. Um, <laughs> Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer, Corey Bassett. Um, I'm forgetting some other people too right now. Um, but their team – I mean, those guys, just deGrom and Scherzer. I mean, the fact that they're on the exact – on the same pitching rotation yeah. is – absolutely terrifying um they did they, they did lose Syndergaard Syndergaard's gone to the he's LA in the Angels yeah yeah but you know it never really came together with the whole Harvey Matt's Wheeler the whole crew there yeah. but you know give credit to Steve Cohen going 2015 out it did they did go to that World Series in 2015 yeah good thing they left Matt, uh, Matt Harvey in there for the storyline <laughs> right that's a good thing. Uh, but, yeah, so I would hey, say the Royals, baby. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I would say the Mets, though, because, I mean, I mean, DeGrom's an MVP, um, and Scherzer is absolutely insane. And I think both of them make up for at least two starting pitchers themselves. So I'll give those Mets, like, I mean, they make up four starting pitchers. I mean, they're, they're great. They're incredible. They're going to they're gonna go a long way if they can stay healthy. Um, and I think another thing, too, real quick is – you're talking about mindset of playoffs, right? You go into a series against the New York Mets and you have to go up against Scherzer and DeGrom. You're assuming two losses right off the bat. I mean, in reality, and that's hard to work back from. Um, so I think that's another um, fear factor that they have going from this year. Yeah. Brandon, what's the, what's the rotation you don't want to see in a seven game series coming against you? Um. <sighs> I don't know. There's a lot of good teams that have really bolstered their pitching. Um, I mean, you mentioned the the Brewers. They're obviously really, really good and probably are the best. But um, the White Sox have, you know, built up their team pretty well, their pitching rotation. I'm always afraid of the Dodgers, though. Um, you have Walker Bueller, Julio Urias. You still have Kershaw there. Um, and then there's a whole host of other pitchers you, they can choose from. Uh, Dustin May's hurt, but he's a young gun. Um, hell, they'll get Trevor Bauer back. And if Trevor Bauer is your fifth starter, I mean, what does that say about your top four guys? You know what I mean? So it's like those dudes, I mean, they'll win the division, with especially with the offense that they now have. They can put on the field every day. I mean, 
that's that's a really tough really tough lineup to go against i think but yeah i don't know what do you think cole i mean i think the brewers last year were the best like three um you had corbin burns he won the cy young um i had to look that one up um so he's really really impressive but seeing the dodgers I and mean, clayton kershaw is getting older i think bueller when it's come to the playoffs just hasn't shown that consistency same thing with this other team that's in the NL West. The Padres have a good rotation. I mean, you Darvish, when he's on, is really good when he's healthy. Joe Musgrove is a pretty solid pitcher. They just brought in Sean Manea and then Blake Snell. I mean, that four right there is a really, really good rotation. I think if they can be healthy, that might carry San Diego right up to where the Dodgers are. Um, I don't, like you said, the Giants probably won't repeat what they did last season. So, Seeing that Padres staff, I think they, they could be the ones that would prove that they might be the best rotation this year. Honestly, I think that's what we could see. Um, the White Sox are solid. The They just gave Lucas Giolito a good deal. Um, but Dallas Keuchel's getting older. Um, Lance Lynn, I still don't know if I believe in Lance Lynn. He hasn't shown a lot of, I mean, he's been solid, but I just don't think he's, he's very good. You think so? You think he can continue to prove that or not? Oh, well, I will say he's been very good. Um, it's kind of like looking at an hourglass right now, kind of seeing how long he has the elite stuff in him. Right. Um, and he's been nothing but elite these past few years, but he's even starting off the year injured right now. Mm-hmm. Not wishing that upon anybody, but yeah, I, I will say, I'll give you that, but he's, he's great. Um, He's a, he eats innings too. He's a freaking horse that you can ride. Um, <laughs> Which so. is just as important sometimes as your stuff. It's just the fact that you can eat innings. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, we might see some of those guys competing in some offseason series. Like we might see the Dodgers and Padres go up against each other. We might see the Dodgers take on the Brewers. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see those teams match up in the postseason if it comes down to it. But the important part of a team is, you know, you get those first five, six, seven innings from your starting pitcher, but you always hand it off to your bullpen, and that's where the real money is made, it seems, these days. Uh, Steven, I'll start with you this time again. Uh, the best bullpen in Major League Baseball, hands down, is who? Best bullpen in Major League Baseball. Um, you know, I might go a little biased here. Uh, yeah, I'll ride with the hot hand in the Atlanta Braves, some hometown fun there. Uh, lost Luke Jackson, uh, big bummer there. But I'll even I'll test it too. Not the big names like the Will Smiths and the Kenley Jansons. Also, just the Braves got a lot of young arms. Um, you know, we can bring up guys like even like Sean Newcomb that was supposed to be the starter guy. He's he's done really well in the pen. Um, and it takes yeah. those guys that are at the maybe bottom of your depth chart in the bullpen area to um, you look at them and even. You, Another thing, too, is uh, A.J. Minter. Sorry, A.J. Minter had a really hard time. Um, was it two seasons ago or was it last season that we sent him down to the minor leagues? Yeah. Um, and just it looks like he was on a revenge tour on a Viking, <laughs> f- like just like murdered his family or something. It was he, the way he went out there last year and pitched in the playoffs, especially. It was just angry and I loved it. Um, yeah. Kind of gives you that, uh, I like to call it, uh, keep it a kid-friendly, but an FU fastball um, when he just throws it uh, right at Thank these hitters that. up and in. You know, 
for the fans. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I think the Braves, man, and then you throw in a guy like Kenley Jansen for sixteen million. You know, on top of keeping your closer, the Braves didn't really lose any bullpen pieces. They only added one of the better closers, best closers in the game. So I'm going to go with them. Yeah, and the guy that really, really impressed last year, bringing him in is Colin McHugh, another local guy, but yeah. he had one of the lowest ERAs in the majors last season coming out of the bullpen. So he's just a really great addition. It will depend, you know, Kenley Jansen, Will Smith, really, I mean, Will Smith was lights out in the playoffs, leading the Braves yeah. to the World Series. But him and Jansen both had some moments in the regular season where they were vulnerable. Uh, Jen, uh, Kenley Jansen stuff, his fastball is not as electric as it used to be. Um, he used to be like in the high 90s, probably like 97. Now he's fluttering down to like 93, 94, which is very impressive still. But he's having to work now on keeping hitters off balance, you know, mixing it up with the slider um, that he has, which is a really, really good pitch to get guys out on. But he can't rely on just blowing you away. He has to now get you off balance, find ways to strike you out, get you out, because um, he is vulnerable, you know, to giving up those big home runs late in the game. So the Braves will have to keep in, you know, keep it close. Um you know, those guys might flip-flop Will Smith and him closing out games, but I do believe in the pen. Staying healthy will be important. Some of those guys are getting older, like Jansen and Will Smith, but um, it's hard to overlook You know, a team like the Milwaukee Brewers. Having Josh Hader, he's just such an impressive pitcher. I mean, I think he may have had a really long streak last season where he went probably like a couple games, like at least a dozen games without giving up like a hit or earned run or something like that. I feel like he had some kind of crazy run. Um so the Brewers just have an amazing pitching staff in general. And so I think they look good, but I don't think they're the best. Um, the Dodgers, <laughs> the Dodgers have a lot of, you know, hard throwing guys. Um, but I think they showed in that uh, playoff series against the Braves that, you know, when we got to their bullpen, I felt like that's when the Braves took control of the games. So I don't know if you guys agree or not. Um, so it's hard to look at them from last season and think if they improved or not, you know, going from Kimball to Jansen, which Kimball are you going to get? Sometimes he's just a, a shell of himself. So if they get the Kimball that was in the first half of the season last year, I think it was at the first or second half where he was just really impressive. Um, he'll be a great addition for them, but um, yeah, I don't know. Brandon, what do you think? I don't really have much to add. Um, I think the Braves have the best bullpen just looking at it, but I will the say the, shift. the night shift and a great name. I mean, I don't know if any other teams have names for their what bullpen. A name, what a name <laughs> for an arm barn. Yeah. But the, the night shift is got a, it's S tier. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, the Dodgers starting pitchers, they have a lot of guys that they could start, but also those guys are like, can still come out of the bullpen. Yeah. Um, so you have like Gonsolin, Andrew Heaney. I mean, even David Price could come and give you an inning if you needed it. So it's just like Rios has also been a bullpen guy in the past as well. Yeah, I feel like they like to mix them around. So um, pretty fluid pitching lineup, I guess, for them. But you know, they're they're off. They're obviously pretty scary too. Um, I don't know, Steve. What do you think? I was just gonna say, especially Bruce Stark. Gratterall or whatever yeah. that guy is terrifying. It was like 103. So I still scary, I, I still had nightmares from the from the 2020 World Series that was played in the bubble. Him just coming onto the mound and just blowing <laughs> us away. It's yeah. fascinating to watch him pitch because it looks so effortless, and he throws yeah. like 103 miles an hour. He has hardly any windup, and it's just amazing how it's crazy. Just, I guess just he's just so strong, or just 
the I don't know what it is. His momentum is insane to get that ball to the plate. Um, so that's the pitching. That's the pitching side of things. Uh, just as important as pitching, it's hitting. And these lineups are only getting better for some teams. Um, you know, a lot of teams we have seen have been sellers, which means there has to be a buyer, and that means improvement is happening. Brandon, I want you to start this segment off. Um, who maybe is the team that has a scary one to nine? Now that we have a universal DH, a team that's just stacked from the leadoff hitter all the way to the bottom nine that you think will impress in 2022. I feel like I'm like a parrot on somebody's shoulder. So I'm just repeating <laughs> the same team, but it's the Dodgers. I mean, you got Mookie, Trey Turner, Freddie, Justin Turner. Again, Max Muncy, will he play in the field? You could give guys rest days where one plays a DH, one plays in the field. Um, Will Smith, Chris Taylor, Cody Bellinger, an MVP, um, and Gavin Lux, a young gun. So it's just like three golly. MVPs in that lineup. Yeah, three. It's just like easily. I mean, Trey Turner is an incredible talent. I think yeah. Justin Turner a couple seasons ago might have been an MVP candidate. I mean, it's just nuts the amount of talent that they have in that lineup. It is really crazy, and I mean, I just – i they're top, right? I think they're the top, um, but the Blue Jays are really good. They made some really good moves, um, have some young guys who are really good. So I think the Blue Jays probably come in second to the Dodgers. That's fair. Steven, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to go with the – I'm going to go with the Blue Jays. Um, I think – you know, Vlad, I, mean, they, I think they have five guys on their roster right now that Fangraphs projects to hit over 30 home runs. Um, so that's just absolutely insane. Uh, the Blue Jays are going to be phenomenal this year. Uh, I mean, George Springer, Vladimir Guerrero, Teoscar Hernandez, Bichette, uh, Matt Chapman coming over from um, from the A's, you know. That's great. And, um, yeah, the team's just going to be disgusting. Biggio, it's just – it's wild and it's a fun team too. And they're young. Um, they are and, very young and it's fun. Cause you have guys in there like George Springer. That's kind of reached this veteran status now. Um, just playing with these kids that just want to hit the ball as hard as they can. Um, and that's what they're going to do. Uh, but yeah, I'll give an outshot shot. I mean, the, the Dodgers are incredible as well. Um, but it, the blue Jays players, don't necessarily have these some of them do but insane contracts the way these dodgers do like kind of like compiling of sluggers like justin turner and max muncie now but kind of these you know older ish not really guys that are um expected to to go yard like freddie freeman a lot of these blue jays they're out here to win the world series and get their money get their contract and I don't know. It's a fun, young, exciting team, which provides a different dynamic as opposed to, I think, like the, I guess, the legacy of the Dodgers and how they're supposed to be. Like right. the Dodgers are the, pedig the pedigree. Exactly. That's that's the words I'm trying to say. The pedigree of the Dodgers. I mean, the Blue Jays. You know, they're been a fun team, but they're going to come out this year and they're going to be World Series contenders. Yeah, I mean, you had Teoscar Hernandez and Vladdy Jr. Both were silver sluggers last year. I mean, had Marcus Simeon stayed, you would have had three silver sluggers in your lineup again. Um, yeah, none of these guys are pushovers. I mean, Bo Bichette, um, let's see, who are we talking about? Yeah, George Springer, just an amazing talent as well. So they're scary. Matt Chapman, no slouch at third base. Uh, Tapia, he's not a big hitter, but he'll bring some speed, some depth if you need him to be playing in the outfield to cover the Rogers Center. And Kevin Biggio. Um, so, yeah, they're dangerous. The uh, There's some mashers, though, in Chicago. I mean, 
I think the White Sox were a team that maybe underperformed. Um, they might find their way to a playoff run this year. Tim Anderson, you know, I remember that memorable walk-off he had in the Field of Dreams game. That was really fun and special. Jose Abreu, always mashing. Yohan Moncada, Eloy Jimenez, Yasmani Grandal, now AJ Pollock. So they have some pop. Josh Harrison can hit some out of the park as well. So that's a lineup that's scary in the AL Central. Um, but you just, there's so many great lineups. I mean, even the Phillies now in the, in the NL East, the, uh, Braves, they're a good team as well. You bring back Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, if you're getting Adam Duvall, who's hitting 30 plus home runs, hundred plus RBIs again, he's great to have in your lineup. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the Braves do. Uh, the Red Sox, like we said, they only improved. I mean, they have Rafael Devers, Andrew Bogarts, JD Martinez, Trevor Story now. I mean, They'll, they'll hit some out as well in that AL East and uh, Fenway Park. But the Houston Trastros, it doesn't feel right to talk about them, but they can still play. I mean, Alex Bregman, yeah. um, he was an MVP. Did he win the MVP? I'm trying to remember if he did or not. Anyways, I mean, he's up there. Jose Altuve, Altuve did. I think it's Altuve, yeah. yeah. Um, Michael Brantley, he's getting, he's getting up there, but he's still just a contact hitter. He's a professional hitter, I think, <laughs> would be the thing that we would label him as. Now that Nick Markakis is gone, uh, Michael Brantley is the official MLB professional hitter. Um, some good lineups, some strong lineups. I will say that. Um, but it's time, you know, we've evaluated the pitching. We've seen some of the hitters. Um, but let's kind of run through, let's give you guys a glimpse of the results, the standings from last season. Um, a lot of people maybe don't always get the chance to reflect and look at what things were in the past. Um, but you may have a fuzzy memory, but let's look at it. The Tampa Bay Rays won AL East division last year. They won 100 games, and they won by eight games. So we're going to run through this and then give some predictions for each division. Steven, the AL East, what was the breakdown from last year? What should happen this next year? Yeah, I mean, the AL East was the best division in baseball um, last year. Uh, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, it's going to be another great one again this year. Um, I, I'm i going to go with the Rays to to go back again just because it's my my good old Tampa self. Um, I, love, I love Tampa Bay. I love the way they do business. They ship away Austin Meadows, but they're just going to figure it out. It's what they do. They're one of the most winningest teams in the past five years, and they just, they're probably going underneath the radars. Um, but As they always do. Yeah, if you're a common sense man, it sounds kind of crazy considering Toronto finished fourth, but everybody's picking Toronto, and that's a safe bet. But I'll go with Tampa just with my heart. Brandon? Yeah, I hate to bring this up, but there's always injuries, right? There's like big injuries every year. Um, Toronto Blue Jays seems like they'll have one injury or maybe even two to some of that lineup and then not fall apart, but may not reach the heights that they um, would want. I'll stick with the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, then I think it will be the Blue Jays, then the Red Sox. I think that I think it will be very, very close, though. I think it might be like a two-game spread between one two maybe it maybe it's a three game spread between all three i don't know i think it'll be really close so i think we'll see all three teams in the playoffs talking tampa bay boston and toronto i don't see the yankees keeping up um i guess anything can happen i don't have faith in that new york team they might be either really big buyers at the deadline if things are going well or they might be sellers at the deadline 
So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what happens in New York. That's my opinion. Um, but yeah, Tampa Bay's always under that radar. They are probably, what, number two in the eyes of Moneyball. Um, always finding ways to just improve with young talent. Um, so yeah, we'll see what they can do. And the AL Central, the Chicago White Sox, they more or less ran away with it last year. I would expect them to do the same. I don't think any team in the AL Central has improved enough to really challenge them. Brandon, do you think that they can repeat again in 2022? Yeah, it'll definitely be the White Sox. <clears throat> I think it'll be convincingly again. Um, yeah, the the now Guardians, I'm su- sort of surprised to see that they ended up in second. <laughs> I, th- I think they have an okay pitching lineup, and their, you know, their field players are, again, pretty mediocre, so maybe they'll sit in second, but... I don't really think they have a chance at a wild card or anything. So um, I think there's only one team coming out, coming out of that division. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be the white Sox this year. Um, I think the guardians fall to fourth this year in the division um, behind the likes of the tigers and the twins. Um, But yeah, I think it'll be, I think it'll be the white Sox, you know, maybe if everybody on the twins, plays to their highest <laughs> potential they can get a wild card berth but i uh, don't think so does javi Baez have enough pull in detroit to do anything no i mean that detroit lineup it's it's sneaky good especially with this edition of meadows um i think Baez hits a quiet 35 home runs 100 rbis but it doesn't get him sure. anywhere right um, the AL West has seen the Houston Astros dominate for, I mean, it feels like we're getting close to probably seven, eight years now, I think. I mean, they've really been going at it for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Um, but these teams, we talked about the Texas Rangers. They're trying to build up a team. Is it buying for now, for the future? I guess that remains to be seen. The LA Angels have Mike Trout, Shohei Otani. I mean, they signed Anthony Anthony Rendon, yeah. So those three guys, you would think, wow they should be carrying this team to at least the playoffs, at least the playoffs appearance. I mean, Shohei Otani won the MVP. The guy's a two-way dominating pitcher and hitter. Um, I would hope that they can make the playoffs. I think that just depending, I guess, on how the playoff system works and all that, I think they could maybe find their way into the playing games. So I'm putting some faith in the Angels, but I think Houston still just has enough talent to win that division once again. I agree with you. Um, I think it'll be Houston, Seattle. I think it'll be close. Um, and then I do think it will be the Angels. The The Athletics might drop all the way to the bottom. I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Steve? <laughs> yeah, all the Athletics will drop all the way to the bottom. <laughs> but, yeah, I think the Astros are going to win the division. Um I would just I love I would love to see Seattle break that horrible playoff curse they're on right now. I do too, dude. I did, I I want them to, uh, but I don't think they will. So I think the Astros run away with it. Not run away with it. I think it's competitive, but um, yeah, Houston. It's Houston's for sure. Well, moving on to the National League side of things, I'm gonna make this a little bit bigger for everybody. Um, the Atlanta Braves your World Series champions, and NL East division winners. Uh, This division has been highly, highly advertised the past couple of years. 
Um, some teams with some great winners. I mean, the Philadelphia Phillies have been big spenders. Um, the New York Mets won a World Series seven years ago. The Washington Nationals won a World Series in 2019. And I had the Braves who won. So a lot of competitive teams. Um, it's kind of crazy to see the Marlins finish over the Nationals. Um, what a fall of grace that has been for the Nationals. Um, but I guess the big question is it's been four years in a row now that the Braves have won the NL East. Uh, the big question will be, can they, one, return as NL East division champions, and can they repeat as World Series champions? I want to hear Steven's opinions first. Uh, yes, they will win their fifth NL East title in a row. This is a team that won the World Series without Ronald Acuna. They lost Freddie, added Olsen, added some bullpen depth. This team's going to be better than they were last year. Um I'd say the Braves win around 95 games this year, and I think they win the division. I think the Mets come in second, and I think the Phillies are in third. Miami, same thing in fourth, and Nationals in fifth. I think it's going to be pretty straightforward, maybe not as competitive as a lot of people are kind of making it out to be. Um, and, I mean, the Braves are just better than the other teams. Yeah. yeah. Brandon? I, I was going to say, I think the Braves are still by far better than any of those teams. Um Respectfully, of course. Respectfully. <laughs> um, but yeah, in every aspect, I'm just worried about um, Acuna's knee injury. Those can, you know, re-aggravate um, pretty easily. So, I mean, again, I, I just really don't want him to get hurt again. You know, keep that knee safe. Hopefully he comes back when he's actually ready and they're not pushing him out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, before he got hurt, he was... I don't know if he was a leading MVP candidate, but he was in the race. Um, so if he comes, you know, he comes back, Marcelo Zuna's back. Like you said, see, I mean, I just, I think I'm agreeing with everything Steve's saying. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's the Braves for he is sure. The expert of the bad fans. And, so and I think it's, argue. yeah, yeah. And I think you guys, I think I saw something. It's like the Braves might be like the best dynasty in baseball. I don't know if ever, but I think they, they made the playoffs like 15 of the last 20 years and have been in multiple world series and one, you know, they're won the pennant and just like, it's crazy. Cause I don't always realize that like we've had it. Cause we did have a couple bad years, but it's like, dude, we're so good. What in the world? Yeah. And I feel like we just got better this, this year. Um, yeah, I think it'll be really contested. I'm going to stop talking about the Braves now. I think it'll be really contested, though. Um, the Phillies are a bunch of chokers, so we'll see what they can actually do this year. And will the Mets' pitching rotation stay healthy? Who knows? I have an interesting take, I guess. And my take is that I want the Phillies to make the playoffs. That sounds kind of weird. To watch their but, cry or what? <laughs> yeah, like I want, like I want to see them succeed, and maybe even better to like see the Braves in some way if we could beat them in the playoffs. Mm. Um, I just like fine. to prove, you know, we've had the dominance in the division, but it'd be even better to prove that, like sort of like we did with the Dodgers, you know, getting over the hump, beating them in the NLCS to go to the World Series, like just to assert more dominance over the Phillies would be amazing. Because um, they haven't been to the playoffs in over a decade. That's kind of crazy. I mean, they were the team when they had, you know, Roy Holiday, Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, Brad Lidge, all these guys in 08 and 09. And suddenly they just fell off the face of the earth in 2010 and then on. So uh, maybe this is the year that they can finally break in due to the expanded format. Um, but the Mets are scary. 
But I think the Braves can hold on if they can stay healthy and perform like it at the minimum close to what they did last year in the regular season. I mean, they only won 88 games, but if you can win 93 games, I think, in the NL East, you'll be the team that wins the division. Um, and the NL Central, this is a, another division that I think is a little top-heavy. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers pretty solidly handled that division last year. Uh, the Cardinals have some depth. I mean, having Nolan Arenado on your team just initially makes me think, wow, you guys should be doing more. Paul Goldschmidt bringing Albert Pujols. Uh, they're a pretty solid team. They did finish second. I think I see more or less a repeat of this division. I think it'll pretty much be exactly the same. The Cubs aren't any better. The Pittsburgh Pirates aren't really that good of a team either. The Reds are pretty much middle of the road, and St. Louis and Milwaukee are where they should be. So I'm seeing pretty much a copy and paste of 2021 onto 2022 for the NL Central. I will agree with you and not say anything else. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Milwaukee wins the division. Um, I don't think Adam Wainwright wins 18 games this year. Um, I think yeah. Father Time catches up with him. I think the Cardinals maybe finish a little bit lower than they did. Um, I think the Cubs maybe play a little better with Stroman um, as well as signing Suzuki from the Japanese league. That'll just be a fun signing to see. Um, I always love when these guys come in. I, w- I always like to see the translation from Japan to the U.S. Just the style of play. You know, I think a decade or more ago, you had some guys like Hideki Matsuyama, was it? Like he came to the Red Sox and like there was all this hype around him. And we just didn't see, it was Matsuzuki. And we just didn't see the same translation of play. But then you have Shohei Otani, who just broken Major League Baseball. So I'm curious if this guy can do anything for Chicago, but it's always exciting to see. Yeah, his name is Sia Suzuki, five-year, $85 million contract. He slashed uh, 317 average, 433 OBP, 639 OBPS, um, 38 home runs. Um, Second biggest contract by a Japanese player entering in his first year. second to Masahiro Tanaka. Um, mm. So, I don't know, seeing something in there, and it's fun, right? Like, it's fun to see how it translate with, uh, yeah, Hideki Matsui when he came in for the for the New York Yankees. Steve, do, do, do you remember the Braves' one Japanese player signing from 2011? Was it Kenshin Kawakami? Ding, ding, ding. You oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was good. He had a little funny little, he has a little wind-up, a little shake in the middle of it. Oh, yeah. Fun, so um, Fun side note that I have one more. 2011 you remember mlb their 2k game right 2k 11 2k 12 all that oh yeah the very i guess it was 2k 10 or 11 whenever kenshin kawakami was signed basically they had a promo if you could pitch a perfect game you win a million dollars yeah boy pitched a very very first game i ever played in that game i pitched a perfect game with kenshin kawakami I was like so excited right up to my mom like mom i just won a million dollars i pitched a perfect game and then I looked it up on the internet, and you had to record it to be able to win the money. So mm. I was a very sad uh, 13-year-old <laughs> at that point. But, sorry, I interrupted you. Fun, no, fun you're side. good. Just a random fun little sidebar. It's the just a big contract coming into Chicago in the offseason because they're, they're the fun baseball town, right? They have that draw anyways. Uh, but, yeah, it'll be the Brewers for sure. They have the Ivy. Yeah, they have the <laughs> Ivy. It's fun. They get celebrities to sing before the games. Raise the W. All right, it is a cool stadium. It is a cool stadium. I've been. I yeah, love yeah. the Cubs. I love pretty much everything about the Cubs, but they're not winning this year. Let's be honest. <laughs> the NL West uh, is this the best division in baseball? Uh, Steven says no. Brandon says yes. Yes. Uh, 
Steven, let's break it down. What's going on in NL West? NL West, Dodgers by a mile, um, in my humble opinion. Um, something I love is watching the Padres fail. I don't know why. I think it started when they got Kimbrel, Justin, BJ, and they went for it with big game James Shields. Um, and you see wow, it. what a throwback. Yeah, and, and they fall short. And then, you know, they have Tatis coming in breaking his hand and getting hurt. I just don't think they're going to be that good um, to which people think that they will like to the pedigree that people are saying that they will be. Um, and then the giants, like I said, they've lost a lot of pieces. Um, I think ironically enough, the best divisions are the AL East and the NL East where you could realistically see three teams from each division going to the playoffs. Um, but the NL West, you know, I mean, the Rockies, not going to really do anything. And the Diamondbacks aren't going to really do anything. The Sometimes Dodgers are going to forget they exist. Yeah. The Dodgers are going to win like 107 games or something stupid like that. Um, yeah. And you know, the Giants will be fun and might have a shout, have a couple of fun series between LA and San Fran, but I don't think it's the best division though. No. Brandon. I was relooking. I do uh, take back my comment, calling it the best division. I think it's uh, maybe the AL East. The AOS, I think the AOS will be really good. Um, it'll be now, fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. Certainly Probably most competitive. competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that AOS is really tough. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the Giants will not have that good of a season again. <laughs> um, the Dodgers will have that good of a season again. Um, and yeah, I mean, the Padres with wow, what's his name getting hurt? The biggest player in Fernando baseball. Tatis. Fernando Tatis. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie Freeman's yeah. favorite player. Yeah, after falling off his motorcycle, which hate to see it. People won't be honest about that he like I don't know why they don't talk about it in the media, but it's like, yeah, he fell off his motorcycle and hurt his hand. Um how long is he out for? I don't know if they came out with that, if it's just like a niggling thing. Um Yeah, I don't I think they'll be good. I think they'll be back. I think it'll be over the Giants. Um, just a little prediction, but it'll be the Dodgers by a mile, I think. Yeah, the Dodgers have the best lineup in baseball. There's no no one even close, I really think. Um, I see the Dodgers taking it. I'm sure this is probably their fourth or fifth year in a row, probably. Um, so I see them taking this one, which then leads us to the point where we have to book some tickets to the playoffs, um, some matchups, some big things. Let's keep it a little bit simple. I'm thinking not the whole playoffs, but we'll do the NLCS and the ALCS matchups, which then takes us to the World Series. I'll start with Brandon. You can take a second to think about it. Um, it's going to be a really competitive year. I mean, we've been talking about this all day, um, talking about the strongest lineup, strongest bullpens, strongest starting rotations, young guys coming up through the farm system. So it'll be a really good season. I'm definitely sure of that, but... What are the two NLCS, ALCS matchups that you would like to see or maybe just predicting in general? I start with the NL, and I'll be basic. I will say the Braves versus the Dodgers again. Um, yeah, I mean, it from, from just from the beginning of the season looking in, from the past couple seasons, like it's been these two. So why wouldn't it be a – why wouldn't it be again? I think the Dodgers can walk there. Um, the Braves, maybe not necessarily, but um, I think they're two of the top 
maybe five teams, four teams in baseball. Um, so I think it'll be them in the NL. The AL's tougher, you know, like we mentioned, because I think it's probably a little bit more competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the Red Sox will do it. Um, can the Blue Jays, can a young Blue Jays team do it, Steve? Cole, I don't know. Um, you know, Tampa Bay is just always so sure, it seems like. And I just can never get it, like, I can never get over that. I don't think it'll be the White Sox. Um, I will go, just for the funness of it, I'll say Mariners. (laughs) And Blue Jays. To win it all, Braves repeat. (laughs) Thank you. I love it. it. Uh, oh, sorry for the final though. Um, who did I say? Blue Jays, Braves, Braves repeat. It's a cool series. That'd be entertaining. That'd be fun. Um, yeah, I'll go NLCS. I'm bored with the Dodgers, so I won't put him in there because um, I just hope Dave Roberts doesn't even get to the NLCS, Mister. We will win the World Series. Um, get a ring outside of a bubble. Anyways, um, I think it'll be the Brewers playing the Atlanta Braves in the NLCS. The Braves taking the cake. And then on the AL side, <clears throat> my voice, y'all, showtime. Um, Almost there. I know, right? Um, AL, I'm going to go with the Blue Jays in the ALCS, and they're going to be playing the – Astros and um, I'll go Blue Jays. Yeah, Braves, Braves, Blue Jays World Series. That sounds really nice. Uh, and I'll go and I'll go Braves repeat. Dang. I'm gonna go a. I think this is. I might be making this up. Red Sox Angels. Did they play in like 2003 or 2002? Maybe in an ALCS. I was but an infant. I don't know. So I'm pretty sure. I think that's going to be my prediction. I think the Angels have the pieces. Wow. Maybe not, maybe not like. It's a hot take. Maybe that's not like take. the most impressive pieces, like overall. But I ALCS. think that. I think they have three of the best hitters in the world. They can go on a run. Maybe they can make it happen. Maybe they make a deadline move. I don't know. Um, I'm going them versus the Red Sox in the ALCS. It's I think the Red Sox. Fun. Yeah. Oh. Wow. The Red Sox were a lot of fun last year. The Red Sox say. are built for October, I think. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. So I I could I could see the Red Sox making so a little run again. Your take is a lot more fun than mine. I love it. And mine. <laughs> so that's what I have for the AL. The NL, I'm gonna disappoint myself and you guys. And I'm gonna have the Dodgers beating the Braves. I know in the in the NLCS. Just because I think that the Dodgers I don't know if they're going to be the ones on the revenge tour this year. I don't know, but I'm hoping spineless. So they are. Yeah. I'm just trying to be, you know, looking at the stats, the facts, everything in between. (laughs) I have a heart and it is here for my team in Atlanta, but the, uh, the Dodgers, I think will make it to the world series. And I think that they will lose to the Boston Red Sox. I think the Red Sox win the World Series oh in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> We're hey. laughing now, though, but it could happen. Hey. Anyone can make a run. I mean, that's why you play the games. 
It's true. You have to play the series. You have to play the games. And who and knows? The Boston Red Sox will be your 2022 World Series champions. And watch Chris Sale come out win the Cy Young. He still plays baseball, everybody. Yeah. He <laughs> has an arm, and he will be pitching for the Red Sox this year. So mm. Put it on the books. I'll place a bet. If someone wants to give me some money. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Oh, oh, man. Guys, well, that was fun. That was uh, – we're looking at a bit over an hour, but – we filled that with so much to talk about. We talked about almost every single team in the majors, everything that everyone as a bad fan, listener, and watcher needs to know about for the season, our predictions um, for the biggest series of the game. And this is all going to come down to October once again. It was such an amazing run as Braves fans in 2021 to see them win a World Series for the first time in our lifetime. Just an amazing, amazing thing. And I think, you know, halfway through, we didn't see the Braves winning a World Series. So, like I said, anyone can go on a run. I mean, heck, the Washington Nationals in 2019, they were not a team that looked like they could win, and they did it as well. So it's going to be a, an interesting season. Um, definitely make sure you're tuning in on Thursday night. Uh, this should be releasing Thursday morning. If you're seeing it then, make sure you tune in for Thursday night. Uh, maybe watch the Braves banner presentation on ESPN, all the other games. I'm sure uh, if you're listening to this, you'll be interested as well. And uh, yeah, that about wraps things up here today for our MLB 2022 season preview on The Bad Fam. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Um, We hope you enjoyed our time together. We sure did. I know baseball is something we actually like to talk about more than just soccer, more than anything else. So give it a thumbs up if you made it this far. It's free. Only takes a second at a time. It really is the big payoff for listening this far into the episode subscribe if you haven't if you're new to the bad fan we want to welcome you once again Um, we're trying to get to 100 subs by the summer so if you can help us get us there that'd be amazing start by sharing this video maybe on instagram or sharing it with a friend word of mouth always getting people to the channel is something we greatly appreciate it don't be afraid to do so Um, but yeah maybe comment comment what your predictions are uh, what your world series matchup your alcs nlcs matchups are going to be that'll be something fun to hear from you guys Um, But yeah, if you need some links, the link tree is below in the description. Uh, You can read that and get to where you want to be. Maybe you want to listen on Spotify next time. You get the chance to do so. Uh, But thanks once again for joining us, all of us here at the Bad Fan Podcast. Hope you have a great day. We will see you guys next one. Until then, peace and go Braves.